1: Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another episode of the GC Sunscast. It's episode thirty-nine, and this week we're going to discuss the mounting injury toll that the Gold Coast Suns are going through. I am your host Shane. Joining me is Tom. G'day, Tom. G'day, Shane. How are you? Not too bad. Yeah. Any injuries for you? Um, no, no. I'm no. all good. I've had a couple of horror injuries in my past, but yeah. you know that that stays there. Um, before we go any further let's go through the admin stuff we you can find us on google podcasts apple podcasts spotify and iHeartRadio. radio we're also on youtube and you can listen to us live on spreaker so if you are listening to us live i know we've just jumped on so you, probably not too many people on the chat but jump in have a chat to us and sort of guide the show in the direction you want the show to go. So, if you want us to talk about something in particular, jump on and ask us a question and, you know, we'll, we'll alter the show and get to that. Um, but first off, let's thank our Patreon donors, the blokes that keep this show going. Old Soul, Jack's Dad, Paul Vosty, Tom Kim, Chris Moore and James Wood. Thanks again, guys. We couldn't run this show without your help. All right. Well, let's get started into to, into tonight's episode. Now, first off, this is probably more of a kudos to us for highlighting last week that we have some re-signings: Tom, Jack, Bose mm-hmm. for four years, Ainsworth for two years, and Wright for three years. So, fantastic. Yeah, we are spot on, right on the money, are... and uh, those rumours turned out to be true.
2: Absolutely, absolutely. Um, look. Those, they're the future of the club. Um, yeah, they, they they come from the uh, well, rights come from the 2014 draft. But I mean, to be fair, the key key forwards do take a while to, to get going. Um, yeah, the other two have only played a couple of seasons, two and a half seasons, but they're obviously they're they're they you know required. And if you remember, they 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 signed four year contracts, so this is an extension a year and a half early. So they're really committed.
1: Yeah, the boys have certainly... Challenge accepted. ...brought the challenge to the Gold Coast Suns. They're... I mean, Bo Ainsworth Wright, both challenge. very young blokes, they're bringing along... Um, sorry, they're joining Tuke Miller, Jared Witts, who signed earlier, David swallow as well, um, Alex Sexton. So we're getting quite a few blokes that are committing to the club long-term, which is really good, good news. Um, unfortunately... Two of those blokes that we've resigned, Bose and Ainsworth, find themselves on the injury list, and it's starting to become a problem, isn't it, Tom? The uh, let me just read out the injury list here from afl.com.au. We have Ainsworth with a foot injury, five to seven weeks. Jack Bose quad injury, eight weeks. Collins hip injury, four weeks. Hanley quad, three to four weeks. Harbrow groin test. Lemons, ankle, five weeks. Tuke Miller, heel, test. Isaac Rankin, hamstring, one to two weeks. Brad Shear, hand, one to three weeks. Rory Thompson and Harrison Wig, knee, out for the season. And Aaron Young, knee, two weeks. So, it's not looking good there for the Suns, is it? A lot of key players out for for long term. And it's not like they're going to come back straight after the buy. They're probably going to come back around... 15, 16, um, you know, for the last third mm. of the season.
2: Look, I, I, I'd say yes. There, there's a there's a there's a lot there to be, be down and out about because you know the, the, the longer term ones like we, we we've known about Wigan Thompson, but I mean it, you know puts us back. Uh, however, ever the uh, optimist, don't forget Wigan Thompson. We replaced those guys. We've got Sam Fletcher and Mitch Reardon. Who uh, will be playing Niffler this week? So that's what those supplementary picks are there for. So it, it, they're not as good as those guys. Or well, we don't know about it. we got a lot of Sandful experience, I guess. So, but it, it is extra troops. And uh, Bose and Ainsworth—that's the—that's that, the, the real story here. In the last couple of weeks, we've just had shocking, shocking luck with with injury and. Of course, you know when they get knocked out of games early like like that, um, and they have Ainsworth had an, a game earlier in the year and an injury run earlier in the year, so you know they're both going to miss you know a good third or more of the season, and, and that's that's no good for their development. They're good for the side's development, and they're just young, great young players. Then I'd say there's another couple of players who'll come back shortly after the break in, in Collins and Lemons. So. We'll miss them, but when they come back, that'll, that'll add to the depth. And then you've got Rankin, Young, Shear and Hanley, who should all be available after the break or, or not long after the break. So that's, that's the cavalry coming in, and, and some of them will go straight to, to Niefel and some of them straight in. But we've got Miller and Harbrow of Tests. So they should be available this week. So in total, that's four players who should be available for selection this week which is is a lot you know we've lost one we've gained four so um, you know that's a plus three for this week but how long that kind of ratio holds you know we seem to be going one step forward two steps back on balance
1: yeah it's not good it, it sort of begs the question is the uh, like it's it's a con- constant theme for the Gold Coast Suns as basically over the life of being a sun supporter over the last. Uh, nine years we've just copped a lot of injuries every year Um, and we've blamed as fans we've blamed certain people at the club over time for those injuries. Uh, Since then we've had a fresh start this year we've had a fresh start we've got a new high performance manager a new rehabilitation team and a new uh, second year for Stuart Jew in the coaching department, but we've had a whole bunch of new coaches come through and help the players. Is it a, can we put it down to a continue continuation of the, uh, poor management or poor player welfare there? Or is it a majority really bad luck uh, that we just seem to I'm, pop I'm gonna, as son's supporters?
2: I'm going to say two, to give you two answers there. One, is just an isolated player, and that's Isaac Rankin. Um, he didn't seem to have injury worries in, in his two years in in um, the junior footy com- coming up to his draft year. Um, so whether or not that that he just hasn't been able to handle the sheer workload of the the preseason, and that's 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 affected him because he didn't even get to the kneeful. Um, but then again. Um, He's been managed, and you know he he'll, he'll, he'll come on eventually, so we'll we'll sort of keep an eye on that because if he does end up being a player who's just always out with injury, then we need to really worry but I think for the rest of them and this this sort of just and not including Wig and Thompson because that was that was preseason stuff and it probably is in sort of in with the rank and stuff a bit, but that you would have thought they would be much more durable, but then again they're pro, both injury prone so The other players, I think it's a result of Suns footy. And we don't talk a lot about this. I think we've mentioned, you know, we're hearing about it and we've mentioned it a bit on Facebook, but actually speaking about what is Suns footy and it's contested ball and it's going in hard and it's not letting opposition who, who may be bigger or may be, Um, you know, have older bodies that have got a a lot more um, footy in their legs who who we we, we really have to beat them uh, in a physical way to try and get on top of them. And we only win by less than a goal. So maybe those nine injuries have come from 10 weeks of... 11 weeks of that brand of footy. What do you reckon?
1: Yeah, you've got a point there. It's also... Like that—that that probably explains a lot of uh, the higher ratio of the contact injuries that we've suffered this year. I mean, you look at uh, Wigan Thompson, obviously. That was in training. That was just bad luck. Just a bit of an accident. Uh, it's just amazing—the slightest wrong turn with your knee when planting planting your foot back on the ground from a contest mm-hmm. can can pop out your your ACL. But um, let's look at the list here. We've got Lemons with an ankle injury. That was just a contact injury from yeah. bad luck. Or, as you say, playing that contested Suns yeah. footy game style. The same goes with Ainsworth and his foot injury. And yeah. earlier in the year, we had um, a Young hurt himself in a similar sort of manner. And it, it's just, she broke his hand in the kneeful. So a lot of these contact injuries can be put down to uh, bad luck, or if you want to actually turn around and blame something, it's the style of football the club is playing. Very hard contested, like you said. But if that's the case, I'm perfectly happy for that to be the issue because that's the sort of football I like my team to be playing. is hard contested footy. And we'll get into that later with the GWS game I want to highlight a couple of points from that Uh, Let's look at the soft tissue injuries Uh, So we saw Jack Bowes on the weekend with a quad tear So he's actually had a tear up on his quad And it's going to put him out for 8 weeks Really nasty injury I've gone through that myself uh, When I was about Jack's age And it really ruined my season Playing uh, at an amateur level But... You know, I didn't have the support Jack now has of the football club with all the physios and everything. So hopefully he can, he can really get on top of it and not let it ruin his season or career. Um, yeah, one thing
2: I really do like about the... And it's not just this year, but the, in, in, in last year as well. The, it, they'll set a time for, for players to come back. And if the player doesn't meet their milestones in their recovery, they get a week or two or three weeks extra um, you would hope, and Jack would certainly hope, that he's back with a month to go of footy because he'll want to he'll want to finish the season out on the field. Um, it might be six weeks.
1: Well, yeah, but absolutely. It a means, program, right? It, it means so much to these boys to be out on the field uh, and have a strong finish to the year because that's what really sets up the following year. And we've seen that in the past. Just look at last year. We you, you looked at Brisbane and they. They had a really strong finish to the end of the year last year and mm. that's just catapulted them up into top four calculations for this year. And, and the
2: Suns don't do that. The Suns no. had one year where they did that and, and the next year they, they won the first three games. They don't they don't finish seasons off very well in the last few seasons and somehow they start the first few weeks really well and it's not sustained.
1: Well, it's the, again, the it's the injury toll. And, it's the injury toll that comes from that. Just mm. as we saw on the weekend, we lost bows in the first quarter, probably halfway through the first quarter, if, if I remember correctly. And, mm. you know, we were out on our legs in that last quarter down. It was game over. It was game over. Um, there are other issues. To, there are other issues to that. And let's just point out the Suns had the biggest preseason they've ever had in their club history. But, several players have stated it's the biggest thing they've done even players from experienced clubs like Geelong have come over and said this pre-season season season was really tough Uh, and that's going to play a, a toll on the player's body and maybe this is us seeing the Suns getting that fatigue now we've noticed the last few games the final quarters have really dropped off and that's probably coming back to the suns being a bit tired the boys physically mm. struggling mm. now and there's probably not much left in the tank the buyers probably coming a bit too late for us which is a real shame because the next two games they look like very winnable games on paper but you've just got to start questioning whether the boys have the the energy just to get over the line each every, each week now and mm. that's also going to play a part in as the play, players body is tired, uh we're going to get more soft tissue injuries and we've started to see that more in re- recent weeks. Uh Jack Bowes, Pierce Hanley, Jared Harbrow. Um Yeah, so so these blokes they're they're starting to take on too much too much of a load and their bodies just aren't there at the moment. This should all be re- uh remedied with another full pre season. Into their bodies, yes. like that, it's 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 a muscle. It needs to be uh, worked over time to get stronger. So mm-hmm. next year we shouldn't we shouldn't be having as bad of a problem as what we're having now. Fingers crossed.
2: Yeah, you, you're quite right. Um, look, Thompson's been extended and he deserves it. And you would hope that he did the injury in the preseason the full 12 months of rehab, that he'll be back tougher, stronger, fitter than ever. The match fitness comes with time and there's not so much running to do in his role. So I think day one, game one next year, he'll be front and centre. Harrison Wig, there's two schools of thought. One school of thought is very experienced backman. Unlucky not to have debuted. He was senior emergency a bunch of times. He was in line for for selection, got injured a few times when he was at the Crows. Never, never quite got going for the Suns, and now he's missing this whole season. So he's missed basically two seasons for the Suns. The school of thought would naturally be move him on, create a list space for a draft pick, or treat him like he's a mature age pickup. He's on the rookie list, so there's not not like we're paying him a fortune. And he could just be a a whole new deaf player for us who's got that body and he's got his body back right. So we'll see. And I'm sure that's what they're looking for with with Harris. And he can't play, but he can definitely show his professionalism and that he deserves that spot. So, yeah, I I think um, we probably won't be going down the mature route in our our, um, draft picks. And I don't know that we'll be going for a whole lot of trades, but we never do know. So, yeah, I don't think next year that the Suns are going to be in this. And I don't think this year we're as bad as we were last year or the year before, just quietly. I think it's just it's mounting up but it's getting better and it could get just as bad in the next month. We're
1: yeah, just got to see. It's, it's not looking as doom and gloom as it was this time last year. Um, and we've seen um, we've seen improvement from the club and the Suns this year. Um Probably in the last month, we haven't seen as much improvement as we would have liked. It's sort of gone backwards a bit in the last month. But, you know, we're, we're st- only halfway through this season, and we'll get into our mid season mm. review in an episode or two. Um, That's right. And sort of assess all of that. Let's move on to the match reviews. So the full game, um, Suns played the Giants as a precursor to the AFL game down in Western Sydney. The Suns had six goals, 6-42, and were defeated by the Giants, 11 goals, nineteen eighty-five. Now the only multiple goal scorer for the Suns was Sam Day. He also, I don't have his other statistics there. Did you want to talk about Sam Day there for a sec?
2: Oh, yeah. Look, Sam Day uh, kicked his two goals and had a poster and another narrow miss, so he he could have had four. Um, Look, people look at the raw data and and go, oh, you know, what's wrong with Sam Day? Nothing. He is banging down the door and he has been for weeks. He's not getting massive bags of goals, but he's not getting the support. He's not getting the delivery. Um, he's, He's sort of... He's not exactly on his lonesome in the forward line up there, but he might as well be. He's the he's the only real true tall target. Um, I mean, Crossley's there, but Crossley's still, build. he's Crossley's not in not playing as well this year as he was last year, uh, which is no 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 blot on his copybook. It's just that he's been injured and he's coming back. And each week we see a little more. He kicked a couple last week. This week he played a role. Um, one thing I want to want to say, and I'm, I'm just going to say straight out, Sam Day. Put him in the AFL team already. Um, we're getting flogged, and he, you know he can play forward and back, so it doesn't matter. He could play in the midfield, and we'd be better off. Um, he he's needed, so that's all I'll say about that. Well, Sam, we'll,
1: right. Sam Day had two goals, two had eleven disposals, and seven marks. So he was definitely yeah. playing the role of that key forward target. Uh, those statistics, yeah, he was bringing the ball similar. to ground as
2: well. So yeah. if he if he wasn't marking, the ball was at ground level for, for, for one of the midfielders to come through. Um, he, he his his game was better than his figures, and his figures weren't terrible. His yeah. figures were actually reasonably impressive.
1: So I want to ask you about uh, Will Brody. He had twenty six disposals, which is probably down on his last few weeks but kicked a goal and had four inside 50s and three rebound 50s. I watched only about half a game this week, but I noticed a change in the way he goes about playing his footy. He seemed to be more dominant and more imposing on the game than I've seen in previous weeks. What well, well, this is what
2: com has to say about Will Brodie. <clears throat> Unrivaled. They may not have gotten the four points, but Will Brody continues to prove he's one step above the best when it comes to winning a contested ball. He added another 26 disposals to his tally, and 16 of those were contested, and he had 11 clearances. So they're saying he's the best in the NEFL. Well, and there are some damn good players running around the NEFL, especially for the AFL-affiliated sides, and even the non-AFL-affiliated sides... Have all have at least one midfielder who's just really good, but they're probably, you know, a little too old to be considering an AFL comeback at this stage of their career. Maybe they're ex-AFL. He's He's been named the best contested mid in the NEFL.
1: Yeah, his contested my possession hasn't been an issue in the past. We all know he's a great contested footballer. The issue has been his run and his spread. And from what I saw when I was watching the game on the weekend... He seemed to be doing more of that, which was really good. And he was getting into damaging parts of the ground in the forward half. And at one mm. stage, he managed to get a goal from it uh, a nice, That's easy right. mark in the about 30, 35 out. And, uh, yeah, but I for mean, you were
2: thinking, is he going to get this goal? Because if he doesn't, it's back to the drawing board almost.
1: Mm. So if he can he add that it. forward craft to his game. There should be no Mm. reason why he's not playing AFL football. It sort of uh, knocks on the head all the criticism that he's been getting or what we've been hearing from the club about Mm. him, and he's starting to feel that he can play more than just one role, which is that contested inside mid. So if he can start Mm. playing as a a damaging forward as well, mid-forward, then, Mm. yeah, he should be in the AFL side.
2: Yeah, and look, you know, it's almost a straight swap. You you put him in for Bowes. They don't do the same things, but there there are things that is being asked to do that nobody else in the side can do. So that's that. So you set Brody the challenge. Right, you're going to be in the middle a bit longer, uh, but we are going to send you forward. And you're not don't normal. You're not normally known for being the guy who has the tank to run all the way into the goal square. To, to, to get the, the easy goal, well, not that they're easy, but you know what I mean. Like Jack Bowes makes them look easy, uh, especially when he's tripping over the ball to score it. Um, if Brody can at least show that that's that, that's a string to his bow that he's willing to try and add, then he's got to play the rest of the season in the in, in the AFL. Um, I don't know that it's 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 probably too early to really start.
0: There's just something about getting away to the Smoky Mountains. Step out on a hiking trail, zoom across a zip line, splash at water parks, shop till you drop and say hello to the statue of our hometown hero, Dolly Parton. Discover the thrill of visiting the Smoky Mountains and reconnect with those you love the most in Sevierville, Tennessee. Learn more at visitsevierville.com. That's visit s e v i e r v i l l e dot com.
2: Speculating, I'm sure there are boards and people. Uh, the 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 uh, Twitter sphere is, is already talking about him playing for Carlton or somebody else next year. At the moment, he's a son and is contracted for another year after this year. And he's only a third year player. So he's he, he's got to be given a chance to build that resume. And if he stays fit and he stays in reasonable form and does the things that are asked of him, that's who you can ask for. Well, um, he I, doesn't have I a think- whole lot of he doesn't have a whole lot of competition. Probably behind Brody, uh, and they're not even playing right now, are Shea, uh, who probably got a bit ahead of Brody for a little while earlier this season before he broke his hand. So he doesn't have that challenge for that spot. Because she has added forward craft to his to his his game. Uh, you've got Sam Fletcher and Mitch Ridden who will be applying pressure to to those inside midfield spots. So it's now and ever for Brody. But he's done as far as I'm concerned, he's done the work. Put him in the team.
1: Well, he's definitely got a spot opened up now with Bose out for eight weeks. Bose is yeah. one of the blokes probably keeping Brody out of the AFL side. Um, yeah. let's tell me about and. A former Tiger, now playing for the Suns, uh, Ellis. Nineteen disposals, twelve rebound fifties, and five marks. So he's playing a really pivotal role for the Suns' midfield side out of defence, isn't he?
2: Oh yeah, he's coming on each week. Um, he he uh, he looks like a man among the boys. Um, he's really confident. He's really when he goes for the ball, he usually wins it in a, in a 50 contest. Um, he can lay a hit. It's a beauty, beauty to see. Um, unfortunately, when when uh, the Suns have travelled twice now to Blacktown, um, Blacktown provide their own needful commentators, and they don't even know the difference between Callum and Tom Nichols. It's ridiculous. So, uh, yeah. Corey didn't get his name called out very much, but he got plenty of the ball, and that wasn't, the, that wasn't even it. You, you love to see players who the ball's close to the sideline and the opposition players just happy to pick it up and, 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 and step out. Well, Ellis is the kind of guy who'll come in and knock him six yards over the sideline just to say, you know, now you're out, and I love it. I, I was cheering. Uh, didn't have that much to cheer about because the Suns just couldn't quite get close enough all game after, after sort of letting in the first five goals. But, um, yeah, now nah, Corey Ellis, if, if they named him this week or, or in the next couple of weeks, I wouldn't be surprised. He, he will be an asset for us. He'll have to earn a place in the team. And at the moment, it looks like they've sort of done what Richmond had done in the past and sort of said, look, we're going to make you a back pocket. But if you can play a bit through the midfield and if you can, you know, cement your place in the team, we're happy to move you around. You're a chess piece for us and we want versatility. So that's his way back in. Um, it's a bit of a, a, a bit of a job. Of, what, what's the right word for it? Um, it's a dog of a job to be in the back pocket for the for, for the Suns' Neefal team at the moment because they're just getting the ball kicked over their heads so much. Um, uh, Jacob Dawson's another player who could play AFL soon. Um, he's doing the same sort of thing, having to marshal the ball along the back line, and, and he's doing a super job. He, he, Dawsey's a, a, one of those blokes. He's not—he's not the biggest guy, and he's—he's—he's he's, he's, uh, he's still only very young, um, and he just—he's not naturally gifted with all these other things like a Jack Bowes or a Ben Ainsworth. But hes his heart's there, and he has the, the ability and he, his skills that he does have. He's—he's he's very um, he's, his mind is in the right place, and he gets the extracts the absolute most out of his body as far as a is concerned. And it, it, it's the kind of player you need in an AFL team. Um, so, yeah, those two guys, they're, they're, they're looking all right. McLennan's coming on. McLennan's coming on. He's definitely classy. Don't know if he's played quite enough senior, not that it's senior footy, but you know what I mean, like playing against men. Um, but each week, it's, it's, it's doing him some good. Um, he's just got to get his possession count up.
1: All right. Well, with that, let's jump into the AFL review. So, the Gold Coast Suns played the Giants again, and, yes, we were defeated. Suns had 6 goals, 7, 43, to the Giants, 19 goals, 12, 126. Now, that was an 83-point flogging, and probably the worst for the year for the Suns. Uh, Mind you, watching the game, I thought the Suns were really competitive for most of it, or at least the first half, and... As you said earlier, they were playing real contested sons footy. Uh, you saw Nick Holman just absolutely dragging Lockie Whitfield around. Uh, Jared Witz was winning the ruck battle against Shane Mumford, and Mumford was getting to the stage where he was just doing some really silly things, uh, trying to get physical with Witz, but Witz had the better of him. Um, mm. The what, with the uh, the score, the Giants. 126. That's the most the Gold Coast Suns have conceded in a game for the whole season. Uh, mm. Next, next uh, most points uh, conceded was the 119 against with the Crows, and the Lions scored 115 against us. So those were probably two of the arguably worst losses, as this one. Yeah, um,
2: a 13, 13 goals after half time is is the damning stat. Um and even even for passages up in the second half, the Suns were very competitive. But I thought just before three quarter time, the umpires were start the, the the commentators were starting to say, Oh, you know, another goal here and the Suns could be in with a sniff kind of thing. And I'm thinking I don't know if we're watching the same game, but the it, it was true. When you're thirty points down and you and you and, and there hasn't been a goal for fifteen minutes, you start to think, Well, Geez, if we get one or two here before three quarter time, it, it could be actually quite interesting. And what do you know? The Giants get the goal uh, just a couple of minutes before three quarter time. And even though the Suns did kick a couple in the third quarter, the Giants kicked nine goals. So, it you know, it wasn't it wasn't over. Like we're saying, it was over halfway through the first quarter when when Bosie went off. That, that's not really true, but it it was inevitable because we were always going to get sort of you know that the, they had. You know, by that stage, would have had had seventy odd uh, interchanges left, and we and we we weren't able to use all of our interchanges um, effectively because we're that one man down on the on the bench, and there are a couple of times when we had two or three down on the bench. So, yeah, you know, one of those things. I, I thought we we competed really well against them, but they're just they're just in top form, playing at home, and they're super classy,
1: aren't they? Yeah, they are, and. The Sun's scoring seems to be an issue raising its head yet again. Uh, only mm. six goals for that game. We went goalless in the second quarter and only got one goal in the third. Um, look, there's, there's really something going on with our forward line. It's not functioning as well as it should. Um, and I, I reckon I've found what the problem is. We're too tall down there. As much as yeah. I really like Ben King, and no sup- um, spoilers, Ben King gets one vo- vote from me for the game. <laughs> he, I yeah. thought he played yeah. his best game. He got his first goal. Um, yeah, seven
2: marks. He was terrific. the
1: The only issue I have is we're too tall down there, and we're playing King. We're playing Wright, uh, Corbett. Um, do we have a fourth tall from memory? I don't think we do. Lukosius. Exactly well, yeah, Lukosius is about the same size as Corbett, I think. But he's playing more wing. Um, still, I just think we're too tall down there. And then on top of that, mm. we're missing that intense pressure forward. We only had five inside 50 tackles for the whole game. And mm. that's what we're losing when we're playing Mick first and in the midfield. We're losing that Mm. high-intensity pressure forward that McPherson is so good at when he's down in the forward line. Um, I mean, on the bright side, McPherson is one of our best midfielders. So we're sort of gaining a little bit in the midfield, but we need to be bringing someone in that can crumb and do the high-intensity tackling and everything required in the forward Mm. line to keep the ball in there. Because I thought for several, several times in that GWS game... The Suns controlled the game and had most of the possession in their forward half at certain stages and quarters. Just but couldn't convert. They couldn't convert, and the ball just kept on coming out too easy.
2: Yeah, now- Ben King had three marks inside fifty, um, and George Hall and Smith was the surprise switch forward. Remember when he he got a couple of marks up forward and, and you know a couple of contested marks up forward and and kicked a goal and, and almost kicked that second goal. And, I think it was Hall and Smith and Corbett and uh, maybe Holman, who who had three shots in a row um, at goal in that third quarter. And you know, if if one of them was a goal, then then, they, then it was back on. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um. Except except you know the form line shows it probably wasn't going to happen. But the fact that they didn't get a major in that period, so I think. I think the, the moves were being made to address that problem, but it was a bit too little, too late. And I think, as you say, from the start, I love seeing Das go through the middle, and I love seeing him get so much of the ball. But I just think, at the moment, until we can get someone like Lemons back, or until say Rankin—I mean, Rankin isn't—you know—going to be as, as good at that defensive pressure because it's something that you, you sort of build up over time. But he, he was—he was being sort of—you know—coached to do that. So you know that'll be something. Ainsworth has pretty good forward pressure. He's out. So yeah, it's got to, it's got to come from somewhere. I think Jack Martin's pressure is very good. So if he if he was to sort of go forward a bit more in that pressure role, I think that would that, that would do that would do a bit of damage. Um, Ma- Martin's got, a real funny yeah, one, isn't
1: he? Um, he's had 15 disposals at 40% disposal efficiency. And I think Suns fans have a lot of expectation on him because we did, I'm pretty sure we gave away two first-round draft picks to get the priority draft pick to draft Martin. And mm. at the time, he was being hailed as the next Chris Judd or something like that, along the same lines of, as what O'Meara was being built up as when we got him the previous year. But it was,
2: uh, it was pick two.
1: Was it just pick two only?
2: We gave up pick two. So we basically gave up an immediate pick And um, I think there was a trade of picks after that. Yeah. Um, So You're right. It wasn't just a straight up, but it was basically the the most important thing was that the Suns could have been picking the second best player in the draft of that year, and instead they picked the guy who was predicted to be the best player of the draft a year later, and he's still developing into, uh, you know, uh, uh, he's still still got a ceiling that he's yet to really consistently reach, and we don't know where, where to put him. So, yeah, we we spent, like, he's probably the most expensive player in regard to what we spent and to what we got out of it. So, compare him to Swallow, and there's a a bit of a gap, isn't there?
1: Yeah, there is. Uh, The second, (laughs) this doesn't look good. The second pick from that draft, I believe it was the 2013 draft that we traded away, pick two for Martin, ended up being Josh Kelly. So that that doesn't Well, look I mean good.
2: I, I I mean you would rather Kelly than, than, than Martin in a straight swap, but then again I, I don't I love he's he's my favourite player and I, I think he's got the got it in him to be an absolute superstar. He's just not being used.
1: Still he's had three
2: well, he's had four coaches technically.
1: With the Sun's retention of issues for players over the last few years, there's it's absolutely no guarantee we'd still have Kelly. Um anyway. Yeah, let's <laughs> As you were saying, Martin's actually been quite good defensively. He's had eight tackles, seven clearances and four score involvements. So mm. he's still definitely providing a strong role for the club. Uh, but I think Suns fans have just high expectations of what he can do based on what we've been told and what he's sold us in the past. Just showing glimpses of brilliance and he just hasn't been able to consistently deliver it. It, it is very well, he frustrating was, he was the, the best, Suns fans. The- Sorry, No, going. He was he
2: what he was the best. He was the best at clearances. He had the most stoppages and equal most clearances. So center clearances. So he's he's doing the job that's being asked of him by playing in the middle more. But you just have to wonder is is, is fifteen touches enough to to get though? You know what I mean? Like he's he's there and he's, he's he's putting the pressure on and laying the tackles and doing all that kind of stuff, but. I just can't help but think that there are players who, uh, you know, like a Brody, who's just better suited to going in there and getting those numbers and, and better, and, deli- and and dishing the ball out to Martin streaking down the wing. Do you know what I mean? Just yeah. seems, just seems like they're using him there to try to, you know, it's not exactly a, a square peg into a round hole. That's that, that's a bit brass. Uh, I just think they could, you know, they 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 they're using him as beer when he's champagne.
1: All right well, why don't you start off by telling me what your uh three votes top three votes vote getters are?
2: Yeah normally I leave the uh, the three votes to wits to you but i'm I'm gonna jump in and give him three votes because he was just clearly better than one of the best ruckman in the last decade um, and and uh, and and knock one of his teeth out too did you see that
1: yeah, I love that contest between wits and yeah, he gets my three votes as well. Absolute yeah, brilliant yeah. contest between the two Ruckman and Mumford was just losing his shit. Uh, sorry, my <laughs> language. Mumford was that. losing his himself, just trying to keep up with wits. He just couldn't compete with him. Uh, who's, yeah. who's your two votes for?
2: Yeah, look, Darcy McPherson is just playing lights out footy. Um, he deserves a couple of ups here just because... We called it last year. He's he's a really important part of the team. He seems to have found a couple of positions, so he's versatile, and that's why I think Stuart Jew has persevered uh, when when he might not have been in the top twenty-two, but his potential, and now he's there. Now he's now he's just going to have his name in there, and there's no no debate. Um, hey,
1: absolutely, just... I mean we 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 said last year we were raving on last year in the early episodes of the GC Suns Cast just how valuable Darcy McPherson is to the football side and it's now common knowledge every Suns fan loves the way he plays and really appreciates him being there and when he's not in the side it's obvious that we're not as good as what we could be Um, my two votes goes to Lockie Weller Uh, he had 22 disposals at 59% disposal efficiency it doesn't sound like great numbers it was a low possession game for the Suns, so he was one of the highest possession getters. And mm. with the 59% disposal efficiency, uh, he operated at, I guess, the highest um, efficient disposals out of all the other players. Uh, he also had 580 metres gained, so really good user mm. of the ball and really got some distance penetrating into our forward line. Who's your one vote yeah, for, well. Tom?
2: Well, we're just on Weller for a second. We only had three goal assists for the game. Wits was one of them. Peter Wright was one of them. And Lockie Weller was the other one. So, you know, if he's if he's also contributing a goal, not directly, but indirectly contributing a goal, and goals are the thing that are hard to come by, it's Lockie Weller's the, you know, we, we missed him when he was out, but he's, he's, the, he's the key uh, to us being able to do that. We just need a few more blokes who can contribute. Look, my, my one vote came down to uh, Weller, Fiorini and, believe it or not, uh, Jack Martin. Martin had those odd things like seven clearances and eight tackles and a, I think you mentioned his pressure acts and his inside 50s and all that. He it just, it just had a weird game. Um, so I didn't give him the vote even though he, he was in my top five and it was a flip of a coin between Fiorini and, and Weller. Um you've given it to you've given votes to Weller, so I'm gonna give him a one vote to Fiorini, just change it at the last minute there. Um six tackles, um four marks. Um he's just a he's just a uses the ball just so well. Five inside fifties, a couple of one percenters. Uh Fiorini if if he gets twenty one touches in a losing game like this which you know, it's it's a it's it's actually a massive proportion of the possessions for the team overall because there are quite a lot of players who didn't even get into double figures. So uh, twenty one in this game is like thirty one in any other game for Fiore. So yeah, he's going he's going real well. Good to see.
1: All right. Well, as I said earlier, my one vote is for Ben King. He had a great game. Uh, moving on, it was hard to pick a Lockie Weller performance of the week. Um, for this week. However, it after further review, it seems like it's an obvious choice. The winner is... Lockie Weller,
2: what a performance!
1: The winner is uh, Nick Holman. His negating role on Lockie Whitfield throughout that game was sensational. He kept Whitfield to 17 disposals, normally averaging 35 in the last few weeks, and... It really made him hurt. Every time the TV footage picked up Nick Holman, he was getting into his opponent. And every time Lockie well- uh, Whitfield got the ball, he was being drilled into the ground. And yeah, mm-hmm. having that regret of, oh, my God, I've- why am I doing this? So it was a great <laughs> performance by Nick Holman, and we really appreciate it. Um, all right, well... We've got a couple of minutes, so just before we finish up, Tom, a couple of quick questions. First of all, we've got Ryan Davis asking Jack Martin, stay or go, and what's his trade value? So quickly, give us an answer.
2: Um, hoping, like this is just hope, hoping hoping Jack Martin uh, signs an extension. Um, I haven't got the numbers in front of me, but I, I, I would hope that whatever extension he signs is up until his, his um, free agency just to you know so that it doesn't keep getting asked every year and if he does go in free agency like Tom Tom Lynch and, and uh, Stephen May then so be it um, if he does go now um, first round draft pick in the, in the top 10
1: okay um, I think he's going to go I okay I just don't see enough signs that he's going to commit uh, getting same Tom Lynch sort of vibes and as far as trade value it's whatever a club's prepared to pay. Mm. I would like to think it would be a first-round pick. Judging on the way he's been playing of late, it's probably going to be a late first-round pick. But then there's rumours certain clubs without a first-round pick are into him. Mm. And if, well, that's they can case, get one. if that's the case, I, I actually don't think we'll be going for a pick. I think we'll be trying to get an experienced player along the lines of what Lockie Neal has done for Brisbane. Um, all right, final question very quickly. Damian Gordon asks, day full forward, right center half forward. Is this good? a good spine? And do we have the crumbing capabilities if that's the case? I mean, essentially, mm. we answered that before, didn't we, Tom? You want day in the side. I think we're too tall in the forward line, so we certainly need a crumbing forward in there. Mm. And, you know, I think day right combo is right, isn't it?
2: yeah yeah it is um, who who goes out of the side well i think it's probably more a, a case of who who are the moving parts so we we know we know that corbett deserves to keep his place in the team he's he's got that tremendous value i'd put day in there and remember we've got some swing men in the team we've got ben king who maybe you know maybe put ben king on ben brown for a couple of quarters and just see how where he's at, if if Ben Brown kicks six goals, well he'd usually kick six goals. So great experience. We're not we're not looking to make the finals. So all right. we've got Burgess, King, and Day who can all play forward and back. Okay. And if three of them are in the team, that's more versatility. So that's my answer.
1: Alright, well thanks for that, Tom. It's time for us to go. Thanks for listening to the G C Suns cast. Go Suns Go
2: Suns. <laughs>
0: Gym sessions and sweaty summer activities are back, which means more funky smells in your clothes because sweat leaves behind bacteria that causes those hard to remove odors. Clorox Fabric Sanitizer products are ready to zap the stink out of fabrics in your home by getting rid of 99.9% of odor-causing bacteria. Eliminate odors in every load or sanitize fabrics between washes with one of our Fabric Sanitizer products. Search fabric sanitizer at Clorox.com to learn more. When it counts, trust Clorox. Use as directed.